Welcome to the first episode of At The Buzzer, a Rappler Sports Podcast. Thank you to those tuning in for our debut. We have a familiar friend joining us in Mr. Ryan Sangalia, who was actually my sports editor when I was a beat reporter for Rappler from 2014 until 2017. Ryan, who's now based in New York City, has spent most of his journalism career covering the biggest boxing matches from all over the globe, including the most memorable moments from the career of Filipino boxing icon Manny Pacquiao, who we will discuss. Ryan will give us a glimpse into what made Pacquiao stand out as a boxer, and we'll dive a little bit into what Manny was like away from the ring. In fact, the two have spent special moments together, like the time they played chess. So we'll ask Ryan to go a little bit into what happened. Sit back and relax. This is At The Buzzer. So Ryan... You know, we were discussing this podcast concept, I remember, years ago when we would have our monthly review meetings that usually ended up with a few beers, maybe, a few drinks, a little more downtime, but a few, yeah. But that, you know, I will admit to you, those moments, those conversations also gave me the idea of a podcast even back then because I felt like that was a fun concept, you know people talking about sports, making it casual. And the topic we will have today about Manny is something that's close to you, close to your career. Would you say that covering Pacquiao so far has been the highlight or the most interesting part of you being a journalist, specifically in boxing? Yeah, um, I think that covering Manny Pacquiao is one of the most interesting beats, uh, for sure. Um, it's, it's definitely a very challenging beat to cover because there's so much going on that you have to keep track of uh, and it's not off it's not easy to like like with Floyd Mayweather I think you can just let him run and he'll just go out there and say something outlandish and boom you have an embarrassment of wealth uh, to pick from uh, for your money quote uh, with Manny Pacquiao it's a lot of times it's trying to look around see what's going on trying to get a sense of the room. There, is, he, there, there will be dozens of people around him trying to figure out who everyone is, why they're there, and uh, which people um, are in, uh, or is Manny Pacquiao uh, paying most attention to that day. I, I, I often liken it to um, this one, I think it was Esquire article uh, by Gates Elise, uh, Frank Sinatra Has a Cold where um, Gates Elise, the author, couldn't get an interview with uh, Frank Sinatra, so instead he wrote about the scene. And by doing that, it was very challenging work to do, but he was able to tell us a, a story um, that actually wound up being one of the great magazine articles of all time. Um, with Manny Pacquiao, you have to kind of recreate the scene almost similarly because Manny is uh, uh, very economical with his words and... He doesn't give you that money quote, even on like fight week. Like I'll be there in Vegas and, and you know, he's like, Manny's roaring. He's ready to go. And then like, Manny, tell me what's going to happen in the fight. Um, I'm going to try my best. I'm like, ah, come on. <laughs> tell me you're going to knock this guy's head off. Make it easy for me. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. So Manny, like you mentioned, he was economical with his answers. Was that something that was there from the very beginning, from the early stages before he took off? Or was that something that became more apparent later on in his career as he learned how to deal with the media? I, I think he's savvy. Uh, he's definitely 
uh, savvy with the media. And he's a thoughtful guy, too. So he, um, I think he understands uh, that he doesn't have to do a lot to uh, get attention from the media because he's Manny Pacquiao. He's, there's no one like him, uh, especially in the Philippines. So um, I think that he understands that and he makes that work for him. Um, and I, I think also he probably gets asked this. I mean, you know, he definitely gets asked the same questions over and over again. And uh, I, I'm sure it, it can be tiresome for him. Um, although I, I'll tell you one thing. Mm-hmm. When I think it was the Timothy Bradley fight, the, the, the second fight or the third fight. Uh, no, no, was it? Yeah, it might have been where Pacquiao was sort of very happy and to be back in in, in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, or actually, no, it might have been another fight after that. But yeah, I remember him just being really... No, I'm sorry, it was the Adrian Broner fight. He was very happy to be back in Las Vegas, and he thought he would never be fighting there again, and all the Vegas media is there, and he would just... He, he, he wouldn't shut up. He was... We, we could go down memory lane with him, you know, and he was not a guy that was given to nostalgia... Uh, usually, uh, but he was happy to go down memory lane and talk about the second Morales fight, um, all of these great performances that he had. Um, so but I think he knows when to turn it on, when to turn it off, um, and I think it works for him. Well, you know, speaking of Vegas, I think Manny enjoyed Vegas for other reasons as well, after the job was done, more likely than not. But this, the shaping of Manny Pacquiao Obviously, as the boxer, Freddie Roach had the biggest impact with making him the fighter that he ended up becoming an 8th division champion. But how about the person? Because you knew Freddie as well. How big of a role did Freddie play in helping Manny deal with the media or becoming a better person, being a husband, being a dad, that kind of thing? Well, you know, Freddie, uh, Freddie is a unique person because his whole life is boxing. He was a fighter before. His father basically said, you know, didn't give him and his uh, brothers much of a choice. They were going to be fighters. So uh, if you opened up his skull, you would see a boxing glove inside there. Uh, so he, um, uh, I, I think that that, you know, he, he, I think he once said that his, his, he's married to boxing, basically. But when it, when it comes to boxing, uh, he had a, a tremendous amount of, uh, of influence on him because Manny was bouncing around. He had already been a champion at 112 pounds. He lost his title on the scales. Uh, was kind of lost in trying to find the right weight division for himself. And he came to America. He went to New York, actually, I, I believe. Uh, he was trying to find a trainer there. Couldn't find someone. Um, was trying to find a deal, someone who would sign him. Um, just wasn't. It wasn't clicking until he went to the wild card gym, which... Freddie had recently opened up, and uh, you know when you see a 122-pound uh, Filipino fighter in 2001, you know no one's thinking, oh, that's the guy I got to sign. That's going to be the guy who's going to make all the money. Filipino fighters were really looked at as being just opponents, like, oh, you know, you're, we're going to put you up against uh, one of these guys, and they're going to knock you out, and that's really what your worth is. Uh, but Freddie was like. I think they have this uh, had a similar mindset because Freddie Roach once said that he doesn't believe in decisions. He believes every fight should end in a knockout. And Manny Pacquiao fought that way, like it was a street fight. Um, so I think that they clicked together. And um, Freddie, uh, but years, years later, and I was talking to Freddie about this. Um, 
you know, I said, well, you know, Freddie, what about uh, this? Uh, I forget exactly what the situation was, but Freddie was lamenting something. And he was like, oh, you know, um, you know, Manny doesn't, I've been trying to get Manny to jab all these years and he hasn't jabbed. So uh, I think that when Freddie taught Manny uh, some of the things that he taught him, uh, Manny said, okay, I, le- I know how to do it now. I've internalized it and I know how to fight. Freddie's job was to sort of mm. uh, right the ship in the corner when things were getting out of control. But uh, eventually Manny Pacquiao had a, a kind of a, a mind of his own and he was starting to do his own thing uh, in terms of what his decision making was going to be in, in, in tactics. Right. You know, that was a major part of early Pacquiao, the knockouts. Really, the matches where you felt bad for his opponents, sort of, because of the way he sometimes beat them to a pulp. But later on in his career, there was the stretch also where Manny wasn't the knockout king that he used to be. And there have been things attributed to that. You know, some say old age, some say he lost a step, some say it's because of his faith and he was always a devout Christian. Maybe that played in the factor in how he would hold back. As someone who watched him and covered him and studied him, what do you think it was? Like, why did Manny slow down a little bit later on in his career? And do you think he ever found that lethal attacking way back again or no? Well, I mean, I think when it came to, like, he only scored one knockout uh, in the previous decade. Uh, and that was against Lucas Matisse, whose legs were shot. He looked like a shot fighter, like a guy who uh, was already done as a fighter. And he, he had... He had quit in a previous fight when he had a, an eye injury and when you have injuries like that you know uh it's hard to come back from them not just physically but mentally uh, i think part of it was that manny was always kind of a blown up welterweight he was never really uh, like a guy who struggled to make 147 pounds because he was so big um he honestly he could if he wanted to fight at 135 pounds uh, but the money is at 147 uh, I, I think that's part of it. But also I think um, sometimes I feel that he regressed a bit uh, technically where he would follow opponents around. So he would get, have guys hurt and instead of cutting off the ring to get in front of them and, and, and taking away their exit route, he would follow them around and like against Floyd Mayweather that, that came back to haunt him. Uh, I was so frustrated because when he was fighting Chris Algieri, I was there in Macau um, and he was just following this guy around, and I was so frustrated. Like, man, if you step over to the side and, and, and don't let this guy escape to the, to his left, you're gonna finish this guy right there. In fact, I remember Freddie in the gym. I was watching them train, and Freddie came up with the most brilliant game plan. Uh, and I was thinking, why didn't I think of that? Because Algeria likes to move left to right. Uh, uh, Manny, Freddie told Manny, jab him to the chest. He's gonna square up and fall into the ropes, and then you have him right there. You'll be able to finish him. I I was waiting for Manny to do it. He didn't do it a single time and kept walking into right hands from Algeria. And I'm just like, even though Manny knocked him down a couple times, I'm like, that fight should have been stopped. Like in the fifth or sixth round, Manny should have been able to get in front of him, uh, square up, and just take him out. And he never did. Um, so I, I think part of that was also Manny just not uh, uh, thinking as uh, as well in the ring as he should have. He he would just go into uh, what he knew, which was okay. Now it's a fight. Let's go out there and fight. 
Yeah, that's so. You think that more than anything, like from a technical perspective, or maybe from a game plan perspective, it seemed like Freddie Roach always told Manny, "Go for the knockout, go for the final punch, the blow that would get the guy down." Because, like you said, that was Roach's training style. Don't let get to a decision because we've seen Manny and other boxers get screwed over by decisions in the past too. But yeah, going yeah. back, yeah, yeah. So, but going back. Why do you think Manny lost his step in term in terms of let's knock this guy down? What do you think was the reason behind it? Do you think it was because from a mental perspective he just wasn't in tune with the game plan like he used to be early in his days, or was it well, something I, else? I think he regressed a bit as a finisher because he wasn't cutting the ring off the way that he should have. He was letting guys survive by uh, not staying in front of them. Uh, you know, he would follow them around a bit, uh, and that's why he would walk into a lot of right hands. Uh, and we saw that, you know, of course, against Juan Manuel Marquez, uh, it, it had really bad results for him in the fourth fight. Um, I think he was too small. Um, I think that the the fight against Miguel Cotto, uh, you know, sort of uh, set the expectation higher for what kind of a puncher he would be at 147 pounds because he did knock Miguel Cotto down and stop him in the 12th round. Um, Ricky Hatton at 140 pounds was not, I think, the fighter he had been before, um, maybe a few years ago, uh, prior to the um, uh, the Mayweather knockout and even like the damaging Louis Cuiazzo fight. Uh, so I think there was a bunch of different things. Uh, I know that they tried to say that, well, Manny doesn't want to hurt people. He doesn't believe in it. Uh, I don't believe that because I, I was watching that Juan Manuel Marquez fight from, from ringside and I remember one f- punch where Manny missed. It was an uppercut, a left uppercut, and it missed. But it looked like a Mike Tyson 1986 uppercut. And I was like, you know what? Manny doesn't care about you know whether he hurts this guy or not. He's really trying yeah. here. And uh, so I never bought that personally. I think that was just one of those things that they said. Uh, I think it was more to hide um, or conceal you know, some of the things that, you know, Manny just wasn't fighting smart fights um, the way he had in the past. I, you know, he, I think he kind of uh, felt he was, I, I don't know if, I, I don't know what he felt, but I, I think that he was fighting like a guy who was believing that, okay, I go out there and I throw punches and the guys are going to fall down. Uh, and they weren't. Mm. You know, that's so interesting too, because like I've told you before, when Manny started to like, really go off i think this was the middle of the last decade this was about 2000 the 2006 to 2009 range maybe that i i would say that was his prime do you think that was when he was fastest and strongest i think that's around the time when um the two things kind of overlapped that he was at his um or closest to his physical prime and he had uh, gained enough confidence uh, and his other weapons um, mm-hmm. to make them much more formidable. Because there was a time when he first came to America where he was really a, a one-two fighter. It was one-two, I throw another one-two, and then keep just combinations that you know overlapped. And you know you, it was hard to tell right. when one combination ended and when the next began. So I think that um, uh, when he, you know, the the, the rematch with Eric Morales. When he used his right hook a little bit more effective, they called it Manila Ice or something like that. Um, <laughs> the uh, I think that is when he realized, okay, if I use my right hand, 
uh, to set punches up and make that a weapon that people are afraid of, they're going to be uh, less worried about the left hand, and then I can drop the money punch. So I mm. would say that around that time, um, the, the the rematch with Eric Morales, uh, and then um, you know, obviously the third fight, I think Eric Morales was pretty much uh, dead on the scales in terms of weight. Right. Uh, but yeah, around those times, yeah, he was definitely at his most uh, uh, deadliest. There was like a personal investment to it, I feel, for people who lived in the Philippines because Morales beat Pacquiao in the first fight and he thought Manny should have won. And that was about the time where I think coverage of sports started to get a little bit better. Even if some telecasts were a little delayed, they were showing Manny's fights more and more. Obviously, I think also because that was when he was starting to be a star. There was one fight in 2007. I believe it was against Solis, or um, I think that's how you pronounce the name. I forgot his Jorge first Solis. name. Yes, exactly. And I'll never forget 2007. I was about 14 years old or 15 years old, and there was this crazy amount of concentration and focus that when he got in the ring, you knew there was a time where he would hit this moment where he just hit his opponents nonstop and they couldn't stop him. He was a machine, it seemed, that kept going. No matter how many times they tried to hit him, he wouldn't go down. And his punches, for a guy who wasn't that big, were so strong, lightning quick. But I think that was always the most impressive part about Pacquiao, his focus. He had this focus in the ring. Did you ever notice that? And what do you think helped him with that concentration aspect that made him such a great boxer? I think that Manny is a bit of a perfectionist. And... He also, he has this incredible uh, ability to learn things. Like, if he, w- if he got up one day and said, you know what, I want to learn how to speak as Icelandic, he, in six weeks he would, you know, be fluent in Icelandic. Uh, Manny, uh, you know, he decided one day he was going to play the piano. And then that's all he did was play the piano for a bit. Uh, you know, guitar. Uh, he, all these things he, he, he really wanted to learn. Like, I remember... Um, when he was filming, I think it was for Phoenix, uh, fuel, uh, a commercial and, you know, he would, w- w- it was in Tagig city at some studio there, you know, every, um, every, after every take, he would rush back to, uh, his little trailer. It was like, ooh, I, it was air conditioned and he would just sit there and like study the Bible. Like he has a sort of, um, voracious learning um, I don't want to say acumen, but he's really a very good learner. So I, when he is focused on something, when something is uh, catching his fancy, uh, he can really zone in. Well, it's like I think in the third, in the second Morales fight, when people were saying, "Oh, you know, he as a one-handed fighter," uh, he decided to invest a lot of time in uh, studying how to make his right hook uh, a much more effective weapon. And I think, and that was the punch that wound up hurting Morales and setting up the knockout. Uh, so, so Manny is the kind of person that he, when he's focused on something, and that can be a, a bit of a problem sometimes because you know he can get bored with things and then go on to the next thing, and you know um, he he really wants to. He has this Renaissance man um, uh, streak to him, um, but if you can get him focused on something, uh, I mean, he is. A very good learner in that regard. Yeah, the Renaissance man that you mentioned was interesting because he was a 
avid, an avid chess player. He would love playing chess. I remember he used to tell me stories. There was even a time where you played chess with him one time. Do you think how concentrated he was in a chess match was similar to how concentrated he was, for example, when he would be in the ring? And did that kind of mentality go over everything that he tried to do? Yeah, because I got to tell you, like, um, I think it was like midnight or close to midnight. It was like 11 at night. And, uh, Jerry Penelosa gives me a call. Hey, Ryan, let's, uh, let's go to Manny's house. And I, you know... Uh, I, I I lived in uh, Sarandra, and Manny lives in uh, right off of uh, Banyan Road um, in uh, Forbes Park. So it's like right nearby. So I'm like, all right, cool. So um, I go over there, and uh, Manny. Yeah, house it's cool. Just go to Manny Pacquiao's house. It's cool. Yeah, why not? You know, just drop by, <laughs> and you know, um, the house is packed. You know, it's it's a very quiet neighborhood except for Manny Pacquiao's house, and. Um, and he's just got like this whole room full of like his study and everyone's lined up to play chess. And I mean, he's just like, you know, he's chewing everyone up and, you know, he's very focused uh, and he's very, very smart. I mean, you know, uh, just line him up and knock him down kind of guy. Um, yeah, but man, Manny's very competitive, like everything. Like, and, and, and it doesn't matter what time of day it is. It seems he has energy because I, you know, he takes naps in you know in the middle of the day. But like it, it, one o'clock in the in the morning, yeah, I've been I've been at like basketball courts and you know in Paranaque, I think, and he'll be up like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, playing basketball, back to back games, full court, you know, uh, resting like five minutes and then get back out there and running the court with guys like you know in their twenties. Um, yeah, he's very competitive. Um, he's, he, you know, there's nobody like him. He's, he's really a beast like in that regard. You know, Manny, obviously, aside from his boxing career, he enjoyed trying other things too. He played in the PBA for a while. Like you said, he was an avid basketball player. That still comes as a shock that Manny Pacquiao, greatest boxer in the Philippines, played in the Philippine Basketball Association. He didn't play much. He didn't score many points. But I just think that the fact that he played, that he was drafted, that he was there for an opening game, it's it's crazy to think of. But also, it goes to what you said about Manny having so many interests. With that said, it begs the question, if he limited the other interests... And really just focused on boxing the whole time or being a fighter. Do you think he could have been an even better fighter? Or was the Manny Pacquiao that we saw throughout his career the most talented and most successful he could have possibly been already? Um, I think there are two ways to look at that. Um, one way is that, yes, he could have been. I think that um, if he had been able to focus on boxing and live the boxing life, um, yeah, but I also think he would have burned out sooner, uh, you know, because it almost seems like Manny is ageless, but, um, uh, I think it works to his advantage that he takes so much time off from boxing. Like when he's not, when he doesn't have a fight coming up, he doesn't hit the bag. He doesn't work, you know, work out like the boxing workouts. Um, but he stays in great shape, you know, cardiovascular shape because he runs, uh, the court all day playing basketball. Um, because he really loves basketball. And I think it also kind of like speaks to how much Filipinos love basketball because um, like, you know, this guy who has had everything 
and who has like achieved what very few athletes in any sport have ever achieved decided, you know what, I want to play basketball too. So, uh, I mean, that kind of mm-hmm. just speaks to like what, you know, how much Filipinos love basketball. But, um, yeah, I think that if he would have actually stuck with just boxing, um, I think that he probably wouldn't be fighting right now uh, because I think he would have burned out. And I think that uh, by not focusing on boxing as much, um, it kind of gives, you know, it, it's it's a little bit like, uh, how can I say it? Um like say like you know sometimes I, I do caffeine withdrawal where like I won't drink coffee for a day or so, and then right. when I drink coffee finally I'm like wow this is the best thing ever. Um, I think that's like how it is with boxing and Manny Pacquiao when when he hasn't boxed in like three to four months and then he gets back in the gym and he has to uh, kind of build himself back up that keeps his uh, attention and his focus there uh, you know locked in for the next six to eight weeks. You know, going back to that basketball thing, to a quick remark, you wouldn't want to be the guy who fouls Manny Pacquiao. I mean, if he's driving into the lane and he's about to attempt a layup, your defense is like, yeah, 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 just take the shot because you don't want to be the guy who like hits the Philippines' greatest boxing icon in like the chest or something. Oh, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Like if Manny is going to the rim, you let him go to the rim. Um, like I, I, you know, because I remember when Manny was. Um, in the PBA, um, I remember thinking, oh, man, it would be kind of cool to see, like, Bo Belga or, like, uh, J.R. Kenyahan just kind of, like, check him when he goes to the rim. Um, mm-hmm. Like, right. you know, I'm like, you know, I thought that, you know, in, 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 a, in a sick way, that would have been kind of funny to see, you know, what happens then. Like, oh, hey, welcome to the PBA. But, um, yeah, I think everyone has yeah. too much respect for Manny Pacquiao to do that. Um, and, you know, you can contest his jumpers. That's no problem. Um, but when I see him playing, uh, yeah, you give him a clear path to the, to, to the to the rim. But Manny likes to shoot from the outside anyways. I think that kind of, like, uh, gets him excited or something. Like, there's something about him that he just likes yeah. shooting. Um, uh, but I've actually, I've seen him, like, when he's defending people and, like, guys just, like, hit threes in his face. So, like, you know, that's, I, that's still okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that shooting formula, you know, it's it's not pretty, but if it works. You wrote something about comparing Manny to Jose Rizal, which got you some flack, got you some criticism. There were some people that wasn't so thrilled with that, and you had something to say about that. Some too. person. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I've always been curious, what made you compare Manny to Jose Rizal? Because obviously we know that Manny is a Filipino boxing icon, he's loved. But what made you, as a Filipino-American who grew up in New York and saw this a little bit far away and then came to the Philippines and saw firsthand what it was like, what got you to think, you know what, Manny is being talked about or revered in the same level as the Philippines' national hero? So um, my father is from Leyte, right? He's from Tanawan, Leyte. And um, uh, this is 2013 when uh, Typhoon Yolanda hit, right? So, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Manny had a fight right, right after that or right before that. Uh, yeah, I believe right before that it was the Brandon Rios fight. And um, people, you know, who had lost everything were gathered around the screen, you know, this giant screen to watch Manny Pacquiao against Brandon Rios. And to the boxing world, that was like a nothing fight. It was like, of course he's going to beat Brandon Rios. Brandon Rios is, you know 
kind of over the hill a bit at that point. You know, he wasn't, you know, the kind of fighter who was going to beat Manny Pacquiao. But to those people, right. it meant everything. And, um, you know, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I lost extended members of my family uh, there. And uh, uh, virtually everyone in my family, you know, that lives in Tanawa and lives in the Globan City were impacted. Um, and I saw, like, just people, you know, forgetting for a moment that their lives had been ruined. Everything had been taken from them. Their friends, their families were dead. You know, they were able to kind of put that aside and watch this fight. And then Manny Pacquiao afterwards went to Late Day. Um, I believe his mother is from Late Day or his father, uh, depending on who you ask. Uh, but it's um, he has some fam familial ties to Late Day. And when I saw that, I was like, you know what, that really kind of, I'm like, you know what, this is a guy who's bigger than boxing. You know, this is, um, you know, I, I, I was a big fan of Shaquille O'Neal, um, you know, growing up, but if like that happened to me and Shaq came by, like, oh, well, it's very nice to meet you, Shaquille O'Neal, but now is not really the time. Um, but for people to see Manny Pacquiao, it was like, wow, you know, um, it, it, it kind of gave them something to be excited about, something to, um, uh, forget their problems about that's what kind of for me made me you know realize wow this is bigger than boxing um because of what he means to so many people uh, and, and you know for me even like you know growing up uh, in, in new jersey uh you know it could be like it, it's it's hard for me to understand sometimes uh how an athlete could mean that much but um for a lot of people their hopes their dreams are um uh, embodied in Manny Pacquiao because he was a guy who came from literally nothing. Like, I mean, nothing, uh, you know. And when we talk about nothing in America, it's nothing compared to uh, nothing, you know, like when you come from the bottom in the Philippines. I mean, you know, he really had to fight his way up um, in, in life, literally. Um, so I think a lot of people identify with that. For his, whatever his faults are, whatever ideological, philosophical disagreements one may have with him, one, one thing you cannot dispute is that he really came from nothing and then went to the top uh, uh, of the world. You know, um, and you can disagree with what he did when he got there, but that fact is indisputable. Um, and so Manny Pacquiao, in a lot of people, uh, is the dream for what they hope to become. They, they, they hope to... Um, have that sort of he's an aspirational figure so um that's why i felt like um to me yeah and i didn't i don't believe i said he was bigger than jose rizal i said he was the biggest folk hero since jose rizal um so i i really feel that's to, that to be true because he uh, in a similar way that people will look to jose rizal and um they will look to uh, you know uh, this this new generation uh, for whom, like, they've only read about Jose Bazal, they look to a Manny Pacquiao, someone uh, who gives them hope, that gives them pride. You know, when you talk about Filipino pride, I mean, li listen, I, I, I've said this many times before. As a Filipino-American, I grew up um, as a Filipino person. Um, whenever someone would find out that I was Filipino, oh, Imelda Marcos, she has all those shoes. Uh, and I was just like, oh, that's interesting um but then when manny pacquiao came around i was like oh you know what the, the guy from the philippines he's a badass he's he's the man i'm like yeah he damn right he is you know so um mm -hmm. that's what it meant to me and why i felt compelled to say that 
And I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. there's this one guy who really was upset about that. But, you know, I mean, so some people, <laughs> uh, they, they like to read their own uh, meanings into someone else's words. <laughs> All right. Two quick questions before I let you go. One, Pacquiao still has some scheduled fights coming up. One scheduled fight that's confirmed. How do you see the boxing part of Manny Pacquiao's career ending? And two, 30, 40 years from now, when there's a new generation of boxers, and hopefully you and I are still covering sports then as like older, crankier men, how do you think people will remember Pacquiao? Hmm. I think that people will remember Pacquiao. I'll take the second part of the question first. Uh, I think that people will remember Pacquiao for... Being someone who, it's almost like how Babe Ruth is. Like, some of the things that Babe Ruth did, like slugging 690, um, is unheard of. It's never going to be replicated again, you know, I think. Um, Or the way that, you know, like um, Hank, uh, Hank, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, Ted Williams, um, Mm -hmm. you know, batting 400, how those kind of mythical figures are are looked at. Or, you know, Cy Young, you know, getting all those wins. I think that this is how people will look at Manny Pacquiao getting eight divisions. I think the sport will change somehow where it becomes mm-hmm. harder to do that. Um, uh, I just I just don't see anyone replicating that feat again, eight divisions, uh, considering that when boxing, you know, first started out, there was like eight divisions to begin with. So, um, you know, I, I think that he... he he that that's a record that will never be broken. Um, I, I think that, and, and the other part of your question was about um, how his his career will end. Uh, yeah, I've I've been concerned about him uh, just because I know how it ends a lot of times for boxers, um, especially it doesn't um, end well usually. Yeah, it, it usually does not. You know, like I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard, one of the greatest fighters of all time, his last fight was his only knockout loss. Uh, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, you know, was dropped by. Uh, Jimmy Archer, uh, or Joey Archer, I forget which Archer brother was, uh, a guy who couldn't really punch that hard, but it was, he was knocked down by him in his last fight and lost the decision. Um, I worried about that for, for, with Manny Pacquiao. I think after the, uh, the Jeff Horn uh, fight, I you know, mm-hmm. was like saying, hey, you know what, I thought you won, but um, I think it's time to hang him up because um, he didn't get beat up there, but um, I could see it happening. You know, if you hang out, hang around, and I think for him to get knocked out is one thing, but for people to see him, you know, Manny Pacquiao has never been beaten up, but I yeah. think that that would be something different that people don't want to see. Um, but you know, he, he fought Keith Thurman, <laughs> and he did pretty good against Keith Thurman. So I mean, hey, so you, you think know, that's but, uh, the only that's the only time that he'll call it quit is when. He has that one match where he gets beaten badly and he finally says, you know, it's time to hang it up. I think people will be really sad to see that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, for, for some boxers, they don't retire. Boxing retires them. So um, I think I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see him do that, um, you know, mm-hmm. be retired. I would like to see him exit on his own uh, 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 on his own uh, merits. But um, I think that with Manny... Um, that is a concern, uh, but I think that they, they have a smart idea. I, I don't think they're going to fight uh, some of these younger top guys. I think they're going to go for the uh, most uh, money uh, with like the uh, you know the risk reward. I think that you know like his uh, uh, the president of 
of uh, MP promotion, Sean Gibbons, even said, he's like, listen, I, he already fought the Errol Spences and Terrence Crawfords of his time. Uh, you know, Eric Morales, he fought, you know, Marco Tenebrera. He's got nothing to prove in his 40s. So, yeah, and I, I agree with him to an extent. So um, I think that they will... Um, uh, t- they will be a little bit smarter, I think, with their matchmaking uh, instead of going after some of these young bucks. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that uh, I would like to see him uh, end it all with you know one big fight, you know, in the, at the Philippine Arena, pack that place out, um, mm-hmm. score a knockout, and, uh, and and go on to the rest of his life. Yeah, you know, as someone who grows up, who grew up in the Philippines, and someone who lives in the Philippines, I think that would be quite a sight to behold. And you should probably be here to cover that fight then too, right? Yeah, I would definitely come over for that. You know, as long as like uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, not in school at that time, and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. imagine I will be. Uh, hopefully, uh, I, I think Manny Pacquiao will. Uh, hopefully look to wrap it up by next year. But with Manny Pacquiao, I've thought that a million times and he just keeps fighting. (laughs) Well, he's also busy with other stuff, especially with politics too, which some people might not be too happy about, although it seems like he's trying, but you know, we'll see. But as far as the boxer Manny Pacquiao is, I think you and I and many others can agree that he has had so many great moments that people like me grew up watching, being inspired by, and people like you who got to see it firsthand will remember until the very end. Yeah, I think future generations will be watching Manny Pacquiao on whatever replaces YouTube, and they'll be thinking, how the hell did this guy exist? This guy was real? Like, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, sometimes it's like when we, when I, hear about Babe Ruth or something like that, it's almost like they, you know, it was so long ago, it might as well have been a movie. Um, but mm-hmm. there's still that sort of magic and, and, and the myth grows with time. I think that's what's going to happen with Manny Pacquiao, where it's just like, yeah, we have these videos, but unless you were there to see um, up right. close and really be experience it, 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 it's just, it's, it won't be the same. But I think that that will actually help grow the myth of Manny Pacquiao uh, long term. And I, and, I, and I hope he thinks about that because – um, I'd like to see him end this, you know, career on, on a positive note and, and and say, you know what, I I walked out with the chips in hand and uh, you know right. I cashed out on my own terms. Right. Well, only time will tell, right? Ryan, thank you for joining us. This was absolutely a pleasure. It was a great time. Regards to the family, and I hope you guys are doing safe. Hey, Naveen, thank you very much for having me on. It was a pleasure. I'm glad we finally got to make this thing happen. We talked about exactly. this all yeah. these years ago at like Skinny Mike's or something like that or <laughs> whatever, wherever we were. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I'm just really happy to be a part of this, man. And that was the first episode of At The Buzzer, a Raptor Sports Podcast. Thank you to Ryan for joining us as we discuss the life and career of Manny Pacquiao. Make sure to check the Twitter account of Raptor Sports. That's at Raptor Sports or my Twitter account at Naveen Ganglani to check for upcoming episodes. Peace.